local game store or game website and be on the lookout for Gangbusters, the world's greatest role-playing game of cops and robbers. That's right. Gangbusters puts your group right in the middle of Prohibition-era America where the booze is cold, the jazz hot, and there's always a crooked buck to be made and plenty of lawmen to stop it. In Gangbusters, your players can play fearless FBI agents, honest and not-so-honest cops, Prohibition agents, hard-boiled privatized reporters always sniffing around for the big story. Or they can play the other side as notorious bank robbers, foot soldiers for the mob, bootleggers, thugs, gun malls, enforcers, and any number of wise guys waking their way up to the big boss and trying to keep breathing in the process. everybody welcome to Hobbs and friends I am your host Jason Hobbs and today I have a great relevant guest with us he is a designer and a publisher and all-around easygoing guy Mark Hunt how's it going Mark excellent you glad to be here <laughs> still you're still glad to be here after all of our fun technology stuff after all that all right you're I can appreciate that. So, okay Oh, it is 2020, a dumpster fire, right? All right, so those of you who don't know, uh, Mark has published quite a few games. They're all fairly BX-related, which hopefully we'll get into later. And uh, they're all like period pieces, The Front, Tall Tales, and uh, your current, you know, pet project, Gangbusters, right? That's correct. Awesome. So uh, uh, I usually like to talk about during the introduction how we know each other. And uh, we met at GaryCon. Which one was that? Do you remember? I think it was, you know, three GaryCons ago. Holy cow. I remember yeah. it being uh, in the early morning because I think Eric Hoffman and I had gotten up and we're ready to go have breakfast or just gotten our coffee. So it must have been like six or seven in the morning probably. And no one else was, was down early. there. Yeah. Do you, you do you remember? I remember that early, early, early morning. We're all kind of half staggering around still. <laughs> I, I think it might have been like either the first or second day. It was something early, early in the con even. Oh, yeah. I th yeah, I think it was. I think I usually get there on Wednesday, but uh, Eric may not get there till Thursday or Friday. So it might have been Friday or something. When, when do you usually go? I usually go like that Thursday or Friday. Usually like, like I try to get there early. I usually go on Wednesday. <laughs> Uh, I'm a glutton for punishment, though. Go ahead. I think you might have got me right after I got rid of all my gangbuster stuff that day. <laughs> you you had a box and you were showing it to uh, to us because I think you had just gotten you had just gotten the license, maybe, or you were going yeah. through getting the license. I was right in the middle of it, but I had a I did a testing uh, print. I did a hundred of them. I sold them all like in like eight minutes. Gary Con that first time. That's what happened. I only had like two or three left. I was just like still in shock when I stopped stumbling around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was pretty awesome. All right. Uh, oh, also G plus you were uh, very affluent on G plus and I was too. And uh, we interacted there a lot, I think as you did with a lot of people, right? Yes. I, it was a really good platform for me. I got to meet a lot of new people and, you know, it was a lot of different groups. I tried to you know, get, 
to know many people. So it helped me a lot. Yeah, it was a pretty cool place. And uh, a lot of people that we have on this show mourned its loss for sure. I'm one where, of them. I mourned it. Where are you at now? Oh, I, I got a small site on MeWe and also got on Facebook. If you look up uh, Gangbusters BX or Gangbusters on Facebook, you can find me. All right, cool. So uh, let's talk about, are you playing games still? Or if you are, do you want to tell us about any games that you've been playing? Uh, I haven't played a game in probably about a month or two right now. Just do a lot of, you know, off and on stuff. Trying to get, you know, working on uh, Gamebusters uh, Expert, second half of the basic BX book. I'm basically playtesting that, not really gaming. Okay, cool. Uh, I really want to talk about gangbusters, but let me finish this introduction part. So mostly mm -hmm. I'm actually playing games as opposed to running them lately, and mostly with uh, the Dungeon Musings YouTube. So we're playing a couple different campaigns of second edition D&D, &D, The Night Below and uh, Legacy of the Crystal Shard. And over Kevin Madison's birthday marathon, we played the Genesis. Have you ever heard of that? Genesis? Is that the uh, Star Wars clone? No, it's a post-apocalyptic game by uh, a guy that used to do comics that's basically been in production for about 15 years. And all of the art is done in-house. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Some people would call it more of a story game. It's definitely not an old school game, but... Uh, it's pretty fantastic. It was fun. I had fun. I only played it for a few hours, and there's tons and tons of information and info drop type stuff that uh, was very interesting. But, you know, that's the way it goes sometimes uh, in certain types of games, I think. Those pickup games and stuff like that, introducing new stuff, it, it's nice to do that every now and then. That's what's out there. Yeah, for sure. What, what was the last game that you did play? last game I did play was... Uh... Oh, geez, it was a space trucker game. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Like a pickup game I did. I space the trucker? It. it was like a, yeah, you know, you were, you know, we were space truckers, you know, around. And <laughs> <in trouble. Nice. laughs> I haul stuff from here. To there. It wasn't Traveler, though. You know, it was just basically it was like a pickup game. Online. Sounds fun. I think it was a homebrew. <laughs> 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 the guy was running. All right. Nice. So uh, let's talk about everything about you, a segment of the show where you share something with the audience they may not know about you. And uh, yeah, do you want to go first? Do you want me to? I can go first. All right. So uh, this may set the tone a little bit for the episode. Uh, I have been told that I have strange politics, but I would like to say that I am an ally. I've always been an ally. And I'll always be an ally. Um, I'm never going to hold anything against someone because of their gender, uh, the color of their skin, or any of that. So I want to go on record saying that. So what about you, Mark? You got anything people don't know about you? I used to be a deputy sheriff. That's what most people don't know. <laughs> nice. Uh, you... So I've seen you say that you were also like military police and you were also a cop. You want to talk about Force. that? Yeah. Air Force security police did a lot of crazy stuff there. <laughs> I did everything from guarding uh, Air Force One twice, uh, Reagan and Bush. I was going to guard uh, Bob Hope when he did the USO tour over in the Gulf War. I to go for the Assault II Treaty. 
lit the wall when it came down in 88. You know, when the wall came down, I was in Berlin. Literally, I've been kind of crazy stuff. <laughs> and I I've been wondering if I'm still here. I bet. You probably have some good Gulf stories. I was in the Gulf War. I was over there. Dad. And, and then you became, when you came back, you became a, dep a sheriff? Yeah. But now you're retired? Let me tell you the story how I did that. It was interesting. And out the military, I was just, you know, six years. And I was like, okay, done with that. No more of that stuff. I'm sitting on the porch and chilling. And Dad's like, you know, time to get a job. You know, you've been here for like, you know, a couple of days. And like, I was like, don't <laughs> worry about it. I got Military owes me 30 days worth more pay, and I want all of it, and I ain't moving until then. <laughs> I'm on the porch, relaxing, having a good time. On the road for me, you know, the lady, she was in the sheriff's department, so she'd come by and go, hey, I heard you got out the military uh, looking for some people. I said, good, keep looking. <laughs> so over the course of the next two weeks, brings the captain over, the lieutenant. Everyone's coming around. I'm like, I'm good. I look like I need a job. I'm okay. Bye. So at the end of the uh, the month, I'm like, well, let's go down there. Walk down there, gave me the test. I said, oh, come on in. We always take some more people. And next thing you know, I'm at the academy. <laughs> 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 you know, <laughs> just how it worked out. <laughs> how long did you do that? Geez, too long. <laughs> too many craziness. <laughs> awesome all right thank you for that okay so uh, like i had mentioned to you i kind of wanted to talk about your story and uh the things that you would know better than me uh so obviously i am uh, a middle-aged white guy who lives in the middle of nowhere in northern illinois basically and uh you're a, like when did as a black man i really was curious what it was like for you when you first started gaming can you tell us about that maybe i started in 1979 way back it was kind of weird because everyone i know around me played we honestly i didn't know a white guy that did play <laughs> it was all you know everybody knew it was black played so it wasn't like you know one way or another and when i did find some white guys playing play it was like oh okay how to play good i really didn't have a odd experience and things like that that's basically it was like just smooth right in because we're so small of a group of gamers we're just lucky to find each other yeah that's great like when you started publishing i was going to ask you what it's like now and i mean do you have more problems now or do you feel like it's the same way as it always Actually, has been it's been kind of weird because like now it's like that like well uh he's the guy went over to the uh store and the guy goes, you know, uh, we don't sell video games here. I'm like, I'm looking for video games. Because <laughs> I guess it was a gaming store, you know. Yeah. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm good. I'm buying this over here. <laughs> so it looked at me kind of weird. like. And this is like the same area that you grew up in? Or are you from? Oh, like no. An... no, this is a whole different town. You know, I grew up in Michigan. I'm in Iowa now. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Barely in Iowa, right? The Quad Cities? Quad or... Cities. Yeah. So. That's so you're basically saying that I mean, do you think it was the location or do you think it's just different now than it was then? I think it's different now than it was then. So worse. It, really, I, it might be kind of worse. <laughs> I wow. have no problem all along over the last 40 years that I've been gaming. I never feel like, you know, last year or so, then people just kind of here. They always I like one. Oh, I didn't know you guys played. You know, I was like, what do you mean you guys played? <laughs> wow. 
Like, I roll up a character with the best of them. You want to play? Sit down. I don't care who you are. Roll up the dice. Let's play. Yeah, you definitely, uh, you definitely have always felt that way since I've known you for sure. Do you? Do, did you get that experience like at GaryCon or QuadCon, the other gaming conventions? Oh, I really. Oh, everybody was pretty welcome, and everyone was great. I never like the OSR has been extremely welcoming. So I've never. Oh, just a little odd ends when you go different little odd places, but never. Not online. I've never experienced anything. Um, never at any conventions. Ever. Con has been like immaculate. I recommend it. Go. It's great. I had a good time. <laughs> That's good. Um, I'm, I'm glad. I, I definitely have always enjoyed talking to you. Uh, and all the guys that I know when I said I was going to interview you today, they were like, oh, Mark, he's great. Uh, awesome guy uh, doing good work in uh, the industry. When you started publishing your game, well, you've published everything yourself. You didn't really... Did you get art from other people or like your process of publishing your games? What was that like? And did you experience strangeness from that or did you just, just like normal? It was weird. At first I did like a, uh, a supplement for DCC. Oh, Drongo. 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 The, it's weird said, but it sells. It does well. It was like, you know, one of my first, you know, goes into the water. I said, I'll give this a shot. And well, so I said, I'll try a couple other things. It did well. I, I did like the front, which is a black hack uh, offshoot called military uh, operations. That's done well. It's so literally, it's like a steady, slow and steady mover. I never had a month where it didn't move something. You know, I can't put that as a win. As long as they, if I move one piece a month, I'm happy with that. You know, because it pays for itself many times over. Yeah. Like, who do you use for artists? Do you use your own art? Do you do it yourself? Or do you use public uh, domain or what? I use some of everything. I've, you know, I've got different artists I've used. I've used some uh, domain. I've done stuff myself. It wasn't not like one set, you know, avenue. I look for somebody who I can work with. If it's and reasonable and I can work with it and I've got a budget for it, I'll buy it. I've got art I still haven't used yet. I've bought when I was, you know, I'd take the money I make from the games and buy more art and pair of stuff and you know i'm gonna keep moving this is the way i see it so why don't we talk about your design process a little bit so i think almost uh i didn't realize the front was a black hack but mostly you use bx as a chassis is that right yes you want to talk about why you do that or what your process was it was like one of my you know i started out you know the uh, homes and then when i went to go to the store they had that so that's what i bought and got and i've been bxing it up ever since (laughs) <laughs> to me, that's like second nature. When I think D&D, that's what I think of. It's a easy system. It's a fairly universal system. If you play D&D, you know how to play DX. It's not like I have to explain a lot. 64 pages, and it's a complete game. It's easy to add stuff. And, you know, I change. Why mess with it? If it's working, use it. Which was the I, first BX game that you did? The first one I did was Tall Tales Western. It was my test bed like a lot of different concepts and different things like how i use and since it's a western i use clothing armor to do, determine the armor class you know, nice. like you know you wear oh you got your vest and your hat might be armor class five you know, you got your uh, work outfits things like that it gives you different armor class your you know your bowl of tie and all your fancy stuff It'll give you armor class three you know that was the initial concept that because i wanted to do busters i wanted to test all this stuff works i made like the gun rules and different things tall tells that i put that out 
see how that was received. And, you know, I wanted to make sure it wasn't like too radical for people. You know, if it was, that I could change it before I did Kingbusters. What made you? Uh, what made you decide to start? publishing your own stuff to begin with i guess i love gangbusters and it wasn't going out there so seen it i said i'm gonna do this but i need to do other stuff to try to into where i have a position to be able to do what i wanted to do it's a small project to fund a larger project that that's pretty so great so you'd planned ahead of time you knew that you wanted to do gangbusters maybe we maybe we should just talk about how how did you come upon the idea of doing gangbusters and then you know, learning that the license was out there. Like, tell tell that story that you told us, you know, three years ago when we were sitting in the lobby at uh, GaryCon. I, I, you know, I've been playing Garrett uh, Gamebuster since, like, literally came out. I've been, I've got a, literally a, fi- a file cabinet with stuff I've still got to put out for Gamebusters. So, I know, I was on G+, and I was looking around different stuff, and, and I was seeing... They had like a little group where it's oh I oh there's a group that's I got in there and they had some stuff and it was fairly dead group you know it was it wasn't a lot of stuff being pushed I started putting some of my stuff out there and a little spark and then I started fanning that spark people just like oh okay and then more people came and different stuff and contacted a crab asked me you know about doing a, a retro clone and I looked and thing basically was up for was up and his this thing was. He wanted, you know, to do stuff, but he felt the system was fine the way it was. And I believe it was fine the way it was. He didn't want it to be reproduced. That's why I did a retro clone of it. I wanted to respect his wishes while moving forward. It's kind of like, okay, so go out and get the trademark for it. I'll go through all that. When I first put out a small thing for it, well, people decided I was stealing the uh, IP. Mm-hmm. Well, as I put it up on, I put it up on uh, after RPG, and like two days later, get a thing. Oh, that's got to you know, that's got to be come down. So I've got to jump through hoops of to prove that who I am and where it goes through. So I went through all that. They contacted Wizard of the Coast. Their lawyers gotten between the two places. It was just like, okay, here we go. Long forty-eight hours later, because I'm thinking, look. It's mine. It's not theirs. We move forward, <laughs> and they got satisfied. I was satisfied. Everyone was satisfied. But I got put up. It's been going ever since. It was like three years ago. Yeah. So that's, that's pretty interesting, man. When we had talked about it, I thought that you the IP was there and that you had just bought it. But so because he didn't want to actually change the system, you just made made basically made a retro clone. A retro clone, and I now I'm the legal trademark holder. Oh, okay. So both, really. They got no- <laughs> they got nothing on Mark Hunt now. He is gangbusters. <laughs> you can go to the uh, you know patent office and look my name or look it up right there, and they'll say you know here's my patent, my trademark number right there. Nice. Using the armor class is something that you came. I I looked at I looked at it a while ago, but I didn't. I haven't studied gangbusters or anything at this point. Are there any uh, system aspects of it like that you want to talk about, like? cover or using tommy guns or how you used bx to do that uh and also if maybe you want to talk about some of those first play tests that you did who the characters you used were because those are pretty cool yeah i can do that yeah like for instance one of the things like some of the bx rules i use is like the saving throws i wanted five saving throws instead of a single one 
a lot of people when they do like a you know DD type game, they'll drop it all down to one saving throw. You can make a driving save to avoid hitting somebody or swerving in traffic. So you don't always have to roll a saving throw to drive and chase somebody, like driving check. Give me a driving check. Only roll a save when things go bad. Like we okay, you're, you know, we're narrating the story and we're going along. There's an apple cart get pushed in the road. Saving throw. Either you make it or you don't. That's how you can continue on like that. So you don't even need a skill system with that then. You're just using saving throws when things go bad. Otherwise, the characters can just do whatever they want. That's one of the BX things, you know, to simulate BX. Or you can use the, uh, you know, the old rule that Black Hacker used, basically the skill check. You use the attribute or under. Yep, roll under on the attribute. I like changing those saving throws, though, because a lot of people feel like the actual BX saving throws don't, they're kind of really abstract and don't make a ton of sense. Are are your saving throws affected by the ability score or no? Yes. They are affected by ability score and then they get better as you go higher in level, right? Yes. Nice. I'll tell you, the max level is level 14. Just like, just like BX, right? But... Uh, uh, Gangbusters only goes up to level three. In this book, it'll go up. It goes up to level six. Okay, the six. The uh, expert have the rest of it. And you're working on that still. Yes, um, everything go to plan. It should be out by this fall. Wow, that's exciting. So all of your games are kind of period piece games. Even the Black Hack Hack, uh, the front. How did you feel about? There is obviously uh, racism and misogyny and a lot of things like that in those period pieces. How did you deal with those in your games? My games, I, tell, I show people, there's literally, people say, oh, how can you play this game? There were people of all sexes, types, colors, creeds, and all those periods who did things. Like Bass Reeves, you know, the Long Ranger is based on him. The West, he's the cowboy. He was, you know, one of the best U.S. Marshals out there. Black guy. It's not like you can't play one. There you go. Play one. If you want to be a jerk in your game, be a jerk. But I won't come and play with you after I see you being a jerk. <laughs> I don't think people at your table would play with you if you continue to be a jerk. Know who you're playing with. If you're playing with somebody who wants to be misogynistic or a jerk, go somewhere else. There's plenty of tables. So basically, you just kind of just did it like you would any game, it sounds like, right? Yeah. Like it's any other game. But I tell them can find examples for instance one of the lead prosecutors during the prohibition was a woman u.s capital not like oh just that and the other thing people out there suffered great things but you know what you don't have to let that define you life's hard things are going to happen i'd rather long hold a grudge my whole life i've seen enough crazy stuff growing up yeah <laughs> play, i'm here to play a game it's i want to have fun i drudge around you know, modern problems into my game. That was one of my next questions. So like if I was going to write a Western game, like actually I talked to David Beatty about this when he wrote uh, Dungeon Crawl Cla or his game, uh, Dark Trails for Dungeon Crawl Classics. How do you feel about like, how, how should we do it? Should we take that into account? Should we do, I mean, people talk about Harlem Unbound and how it dealt with things and how maybe Call of Cthulhu didn't do as good of a job as they could have. Uh, what do you, what do you think? What's the the best way? Pretty much what you did, or do you think it's different? If like I was writing a game or something, should I do it differently? You should acknowledge it that there's you know things happen. Acknowledge it. You don't have to make your whole book about 
bad it was. Get your point across that, you know, if there was racism and lynchings and killing, you don't need to write every other page that, with that on there. You know it, where history, you know, acknowledge it, but ignore it. Don't glamorize it either. That's right. If you acknowledge it, this all you put on the first page, like, you know, we understand history, it is what it is. We're here to emulate the error, not the people in it. That's all you have to do. As far as I'm concerned, as long as, you know, I don't see, like, go page three and there's, like, things about lynching and killing black folks then i'm like you know what this ain't for me <laughs> i can imagine not i'm out <laughs> <laughs> so what what do you think we can all do uh as gamers to make it less you know no one no one wants to whitewash you or change say you know say that we're i don't see colors because we don't want to take you know your uh, culture from you or anything like that but what how how should we all interact better because you say it's weirder now than it even used to be well what do you think needs to change you realize america is a great melting pot we all bring something together all of us individuals make up the whole you know we all have different experiences you've experienced something different i've experienced something different but together we can move forward don't you know, don't discredit nobody. Don't patronize nobody. Realize people are going to have problems. Don't belittle them when they say, look, I got a problem. Listen to them. They're telling you a reason they're telling you they have a problem is because they want to work it out. They're not telling you they have a problem just to be, you know, playing a bitch. And if that's the soul, move aside and say, you know what? We'll table that for later. We'll settle that between me and you together. We don't need to do that at the table. You know? Table stuff on the table. Personal stuff, personal. That's the way I see it. I've, I've game with by everybody. <laughs> I don't have to agree with their politics to roll dice with them. Yeah, man. I, I agree with you. Um, I really just wanted you to come on the show so I could hear you talk and listen to, you know, your story and what happened and how you went through. And it's really interesting to see that, like, when you were younger in 1979 or the early 80s, like it was nothing. You know, we're just playing games. That's that's what we're here for. And now it's not as easy to do that. Well, people, they get I think. They're not sure what to do. There's obviously with the problems happening right now, they don't, you know, they don't want to do anything to make people uncomfortable or anything. So I really, really appreciate you coming on the show, talking about your games and uh, talking about gaming in general and uh, how you felt about it. Uh, is there anything else that I haven't gotten to that you really wanted to talk about? Like, um, like what's next? What, what's going to happen in the expert book that we don't have in uh, just basic gangbusters? I'm going to expand a little different things. I'm going to add more setting. We're going to add different rules for controlling a neighborhoods, uh, bootlegging, and different things. I'm just going to take what's in the basic, add to it, plus add new things to it also. Also, I do the material I put out, the original system and the BX system. I support both versions of the game. That's great. Oh, that reminds me. So uh, you never told, like, the game I'm thinking about is when you used the NPCs from, like, the comic books as actual games. Oh, yeah, that was a great game. Yeah, I want you to talk about that. One Last Heist is the name of the, it's a convention game I run. I run, like, the Batman, well, I run the Joker, Penguin, and, you know, all these different guys, and they all get together going to pull a heist. The premise of the story is basically all have these great abilities and powers, but can't work together because you're all out for each other. You know, you're out for, you know, you know, good and well, the bat Joker is not going to work with the Penguin or the Riddler for too long. Sooner or later, something's going to go wrong. 
if the players are playing their character correctly, that's what's going to happen at the table. And it's all about how you're going to take something that went wrong, going wrong, to go forward. <laughs> if you just watch that, it's just one of the best things ever to see people get into their character. Because I don't have to explain to someone how to play the Joker. They know how to play the Joker. If they're playing them correctly, they're going to do crazy stuff. <laughs> how many times have you run that in a con? Probably about 10 different times. Oh. Every time it's funnier as I go. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's awesome. All right, man. So, uh, is there, is there anything else that you wanted to add? Oh, this is what I, this is a new segment that I've been doing. So you choose, uh, what you can either do both or neither or one or the other. What, what do you think your legacy is in old school gaming or what would your epitaph be? <laughs> uh, hopefully help bring Busters back from the dead. Run, you know, it back kicking and screaming. I want to be known as the guy who did that. That would be cool. <laughs> Man, I feel like you kind of already are that guy. Really? Aren't you? I mean, that's... I don't know. How many people are in your in the Gangbusters Facebook BX group? Almost 400. Oh, shit. Yeah, see, that's that's pretty awesome. Uh, I think you know? I've, that sounds like a pretty good legacy to me if you can take one... Because Gangbusters came out in what, like uh, about 81? 82. 82, okay. Yeah, so... around there. So, and I, I mean, I don't know if it was ever massive, but to have 400 people still in a group talking about gangbusters today is uh, that's a pretty impressive achievement. I, I think that's a that's a legacy right there. Yeah, well, I, I went silver in like weeks. I went gold by the end of the month and sales was 500 plus sales in like 30 days, which was like amazingly fast. I was, you know, it's still doing well. Yeah, that's great. Now, you have you done the box set yet? Those the, like the hundred that you did originally, or is it just like a paperback PDF? I mean, it wasn't that long ago you put this thing out, was it? Oh, no, it was just like uh, end of the year. Wow, that's great! Congratulations, like, man. I move about a hundred, about a hundred a month right now is what's been averaging. Yeah, that's great. All right, man. I'm going to take no. this. Oh, sorry. Did you have anything else to add? I didn't mean to t- cut you off. I was just going to say, I like to, you know, thank you for having me on here. And hopefully people realize it's not dead and want to play some more. Yeah, there's not a lot of 1920s gangster type gangs out, games out there. And if you can, uh, obviously you're an afasiando of that. So uh, yeah. look up Mark in the 2021 con scene and play some games. Uh, give me a minute here to uh, show some appreciation to my patrons. So um, I would like to thank... Uh, Kevin Madison. Holy cow. I can't believe he came up today. Kevin Madison, uh, runs the dungeon muser YouTube channel. And he's got like, I don't know, 3000 subs or something. Thank you so much for being a patron of Hobbs and friends, Kevin. All right. Next up we have Scott Smith, Mr. Scott Smith. Thank you for being a patron of Hobbs and friends. And today our last shout out goes out to Frank Brooks. My man, Frank Brooks, probably at North Texas right now. I haven't talked to Frank. I'm going to get in contact with him just because I saw this. Thanks for being a patron of Hobbs and Friends. If any of you listeners out there want to become a patron of Hobbs and Friends, head on over to patreon.com forward slash OSRN Hobbs. Awesome. All right. 
Um, Mark, you have anything that you want to pimp? You got a patron or anything like that you want to talk about? No patrons or nothing like that. I'm just a small guy trying to have fun in gaming. <laughs> what about um, if someone wanted to contact you uh, about busting some gangs or you know moving some hooch? How would they get in touch with you? Um, they get either on Facebook. That's the best way. Or get on there and click my or go to Gangbusters and click one of those and you know tell them uh, Mark sent you and they'll let you through the front door. <laughs> nice. So uh, I do have a Hobbs and Friends uh, Facebook group as well as an HNF uh, Facebook group, which I try and put videos out on. I'm also on the Twitters at OSR and Hobbs, or my private account is at Hobbs Indeed. Uh, we do have the Audio Dungeon Discord, and today I started a new Discord server called the Gamerhood Discord. I'm going to attach that to the Patreon, and so people will know what your ranks are and all that stuff. I don't know exactly what the difference is going to be at the Gamerhood, but um, yeah, I started one, so there it is. If you want an invite, let me know. Come check it out. Uh, maybe I'll toss it in the Patreon. All right, my man, I appreciate you being on, Mark. I would also like to say thank you to uh, TJ Drennan for the music at the end of the show, the Kalmata music, and Craig Brasco for his editing and uh, the music that he created at the beginning of the show. If you want to check out TJ's Patreon, you're going to have to search for it because I don't know what it's called. Uh, otherwise, if you want need some art for anything, go to craigbrasco.com. Uh, any last words, Mark? I just uh, say thank you for having me on. Other than that, peace. All right, man. I super appreciate you being here. Other than that, TJ, take it away. It's a beautiful day in the game of hood. A beautiful day for my gamers. Would you be one? Could you be one? It's out of that thunder, but don't despair. This colony's breeding great robbers. Would you be one? Could you be one? If the native percent mortality rate works for you, for a few bucks a month you can sign up and have the hogs kill you. So let's make the most of another someday. Brew up some coffee and play it my way. Would you be mine? Could you be mine? Won't you be my gamers? Won't you be? Won't you please? Please won't you be my gamers? The views, information, or opinions expressed by those interviewed during the Hobbs and Friends podcast series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of Hobbs and Friends and its staff. Hobbs and Friends is not responsible and does not verify for accuracy any of the information contained in the podcast series, available for listening on any platform of delivery. The primary purpose of this podcast series is to educate and inform its listeners about the tabletop gaming industry. This podcast is available for private, non-commercial use only. Advertising which is incorporated into or placed in association with or targeted toward the content of this podcast without the express approval and knowledge of the Hobbs and Friends podcast creator is forbidden. You may not edit modify or redistribute this podcast. The developers of the Hobbs and Friends podcast site assume no liability for any activities in the connection with this podcast or for the use of this podcast in connection with any other website, computer, or playing device.